Well, hello and welcome to The County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts in the Fairfax County government discussing programs, services, and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition of The Conversation, we're speaking with Deborah Miller. She is Youth Education and Outreach Specialist in the county's Department of Family Services, Domestic and Sexual Violence Services. And our topic today is stalking and teen dating and how those two kind of kind of intersect or overlap and the relationship therein. Deborah, thanks for being here on the County Conversation Podcast. Of course. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. A uh, topic I was going to say looking forward to discussing, but <laughs> it's not a, a topic that maybe gets discussed enough. Is that a good way to put it? Absolutely. Not only do we not talk about our teens experiencing dating violence in general as much, but stalking especially is something that we don't necessarily know that much about, but we see it every day in the media and movies, TV shows, but we're not necessarily naming those behaviors. Right. You know, when I was growing up, you know, I, I grew up with the image that stalking was that creepy old guy, you know, kind of in the shadows and, and that kind of thing. But it's much more than that, right? Yes. And although that is also stalking, um, Mm. someone is most often stalked by somebody they know, specifically, Mm. you know, sometimes somebody they're dating or somebody they used to date or someone who's interested in dating them. And although it's not always that kind of relationship, it's most often um, one of those cases. Okay. Before we go down this rabbit trail too far, can you give me an explanation or definition or, you know, tell us, our listeners and me, what stalking actually is? Absolutely. So stalking is a pattern of behavior. And so something that has happened multiple times Mm. directed at a specific person that would cause that person to feel fear for their own safety or for their safety of others and also suffer substantial emotional distress. Okay. So is it, I'm, I'm assuming it can be physical, but also emotional and maybe even the use of technology. I mean, you know, it's not like you have to be right face to face with the person or within seeing distance, I'm assuming. Absolutely. So that could be, you know, like you said, showing up at someone's home or their workplace and showing up physically in person, mm-hmm. but it can also be calling or texting them incessantly. That could be, you know, putting them down on social media, sending them multiple messages mm-hmm. on social media or spreading rumors about them um, online. So there's a lot of different ways that it can manifest. Mm-hmm. Any statistics or any numbers that you might have available for Fairfax County? Absolutely. So the Fairfax County Youth Survey has one question that kind of goes to stalking behaviors. Hmm. And um, it said that one in eight of the students um, from the 2019 survey reported having a partner in a dating or serious relationship who always wanted to know about their whereabouts. So always wanted to know where they were, what they were doing. And um on a national level, you know, we know that um, about 48% of teens ages 12 to 18 um, who have dated before have experienced stalking behaviors. Mm. And so, um, you know, in Fairfax County, it was interesting to see that statistic right. um, that pop up as well. One in eight, you say? Yes. Okay. You know, I, I don't know that a while ago, years ago, that type of thing, I would have associated, you know, wanting to know where say my partner was, um, was be considered stalking. But I guess there's a line you cross like, hey, honey, where are you going? Oh, okay, I'm going to the grocery store. All right, okay. See you when you get back, as opposed to repeated and 
incessant kind of. Yes. And so the important part of that is demanding to know their whereabouts. Uh, So not just asking, but saying, I have to know where you are at all times. And that can be constantly calling them so that they can prove that they are where they say that they are showing up where they think the person is or even tracking their phone um, through, you know, find my friends or other types of social media. Okay. So social media is a a good thing most of the time, but it, it can be used for the bad side, right? Absolutely. Um, As technology increases, we obviously also get a lot of great things and a lot of safety measures that we can put into place. But then it also creates another tool for people to use to harm people. Right. Guidance, advice, what would you tell parents that are listening to the podcast right now? Because I'm I'm not sure we have a lot of teens that (laughs) listen to the (laughs) podcast. But parents are listening to this right now going, you know, it is a dangerous and scary time out there. What are some of the steps? I can take to protect my children? So first, it would be to know what stalking behaviors can look like and, you know, to acknowledge how serious they can be if you if your teen tells you that they're experiencing that or you see those behaviors um, yourself. And so some of that those behaviors can look like, you know, them being afraid to go on social media or saying that someone is always messaging them or creating different accounts to message them Hmm. or tracking their phone or that they always have to be talking to their partner on the phone or else, or they're afraid of what will happen if they don't text their partner back right away and that they're afraid of those consequences. Mm-hmm. There was, uh, in preparation for this uh, conversation today, there was some information I got from your office. And one of the things I found kind of fascinating, and I, it was from the uh, SPARC, Stalking Prevention Awareness and Resource Center. Mm-hmm. And it said that stalking impacts people of all ages Research on stalking among adolescents is limited. Estimates generally show that adolescents are stalked at higher rates than adults. Any research or reasons or, I mean, why do we know? Well, and I'm not sure necessarily what the reasons are, but I will say teens are don't always know that this is stalking behavior, know that this is wrong. Mm. They might have seen that, you know, happen in movies where oh, this person's showing up and giving them flowers constantly because they love them or, you know, they run to make their social media profile like relationship official, you know, all of these different things that they've been taught to romanticize and think this is great. And so when it's happening to them, they might not realize it at first. And then, you know, they might not be able to name that. I'm actually afraid of this person. This isn't Mm. something that's cute anymore. This I might actually start being afraid of for my own safety. Are there any genders? Um, more susceptible to stalking, or is that a myth or misconception on my part? And so it, it can happen to anybody um, across genders. Um, and I'm not sure that we have um, statistics for adolescents in particular that um, point to one gender being stalked more than the other, but I know it does happen to all genders regardless of their identity. Right. So even uh, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, me as a guy, you know, <laughs> we still have the chance of being stalked, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the same thing goes for dating violence as a whole. You know, those behaviors aren't, the person perpetrating the behaviors aren't just on, um, you know, one gender and the people receiving those behaviors aren't just on one gender. Mm. Okay. Is there a kind of fine line or crossover, you know, when we're when we're talking about stalking and teen, teen dating violence? Does one lead to the other? Kind of talk to me a little bit about that. 
So they can happen at the same time. So one Mm. doesn't necessarily lead to the other or vice versa. Stalking is a manifestation of teen dating violence. But then stalking can also be standalone and be outside of um, dating relationships as well. And so it's often something that can intersect and with other behaviors such as physical abuse, sexual abuse, and things like that. Mm. Okay. I think it'd be a good time now to maybe give some resources if there are any. Are there telephone numbers, websites, that type of thing that if folks are hearing this now and saying, you know, it kind of puts the light bulb above their head and they go, hmm, how can they reach out? Absolutely. So first here in Fairfax County, we have our 24-hour domestic and sexual violence hotline. And that number is 703-360-7273. And anybody, whether the teen or their parent or them together, can call at any time of the day to talk to somebody right away to talk about safety, their concerns, um, you know, whether or not they should feel concerned about this behavior and um, also the resources that are available. Again, relying on some of the information I learned from uh, SPARC, the Stalking Prevention Awareness and Resource Center, um, you know, it showed that um, like teens or children of color, disabilities, those type things, were actually more targeted uh, for stalking and and that type thing? Yeah, and those rates um, can absolutely be higher. It shows that um, teens with disabilities are three times more likely um, to be stalked if they have a mobility disability and 13 times more if it was a learning disability. And so um, it's not just that they're targeted, it's also that those behaviors might um, not be taught um, across the board, or there might be barriers to seeking help if you already have um, other systems or other things standing in the way that right. somebody might not take you seriously if you ask for help. Right. Or can't, you know, can't communicate it, exactly. et cetera. Yeah. We're speaking with Deborah Miller. She's Youth Education and Outreach Specialist in the Department of Family Services, Domestic and Sexual Violence Services. We're talking about stalking and teen dating. Um, want to just kind of make sure we point out that Stalking Awareness Month was January of this year, but it's not like you can confine stalking to one month of the year, right? Absolutely. And so January was Stalking Awareness Month. Last month, February was Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. But our goal is to raise awareness about these 12 months out of the year to make sure that we're talking about these not just in specific months, but at all times. So are there programs, services? I mean, how are y'all in your office uh, reaching out to the teens and that type of thing to try to get your message out? So in my position, um, I coordinate some teen programs. One is the Teen Advocates Program that we partner with our neighborhood and community services um, centers with. Um, And those teens help us plan our raising awareness raising activities um, across the county. And so in the past, we've had our annual art contest where Teens come together and do art, performing arts, and um, talk about these issues. And then um, on my end, we also have the um, Healthy Youth Education um, Prevention or Healthy Youth Prevention Education Project, our HYPE program, that is an eight session curriculum where um, I will sometimes go into schools or community centers or um, anywhere that requests it and provide information on teen dating violence, what healthy relationships look like, what consent looks like, and really, um, you know, are able to talk about those um, during those sessions. Talk to me a little bit more about, I think you said the HYPE 
program. I, 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 don't, yes. I, didn't ca- I didn't catch what you said it stood for, but I'm assuming it's an acronym for HY, HYPE. So. Yes. Okay. HYPE is our Healthy Youth Prevention and Education Program okay. um, created by my predecessor. And it's an eight-session curriculum, um, the first session being about teen dating violence, what does that look like, and then other sessions getting into a deeper dive. So what mm-hmm. are healthy communication skills? Um, what can we talk about with self-esteem and jealousy and how does that impact our relationships? Um, you know, what does healthy sexuality and consent look like? What does um, healthy behaviors, unhealthy behaviors and abusive behaviors look like? And where do we stand on um, what are our values and what are our deal breakers? And so we get to do activities where we can really talk through these issues. Mm-hmm. Hopefully on the backside of the the vid, the COVID-19, uh, <laughs> Did that impact your delivery of that program? And, and I guess, how, how do you deliver that program for those eight-week sessions? Yeah, so I just started this position in January. But I know my predecessor at first, when um, schools were trying to figure out what their next steps were, you know, there was a pause in how can we make all of these in-person activities adaptable to online? And so I think there was a big push to make it adaptable for if we're doing this online, how can we still get that message across while making it interactive? Mm-hmm. And so now we're kind of at a hybrid moment where some of my sessions right, are in right. person, some of my sessions are virtual, and I'm grateful to be able to deliver those in both ways and be able to get those messages across. Who's the program for? Um, so the program is directed at teens. However, um, you know, sometimes parents will ask for, um, you know, a session or um, staff will ask, you know, what can we do a dating violence 101 presentation? What does that look like? And um, we also sometimes uh, train other people to facilitate the program. So um, although the program was written to be for youth and teens, um, we can also adapt it to teach you know our parents, our teachers, um, our counselors about these behaviors as well. Right. So so it's for the it's for the broad teen population. It's not necessarily targeted to an offender, if you will. Exactly. Yes, it's for everybody. Okay. Um, How can folks get more information about the HYPE program if they want to get a session or check it out? Absolutely. So they can um, look at our website on fairfaxcounty.gov slash family services. They can search outreach. They can search domestic and sexual violence services. And our outreach and education page has a um, list of the different sessions that we do, not just HYPE, but other programs that we can provide and presentations we can give. And, um, you know, they can also, if they're having trouble navigating that website, call our hotline um, to find out more information. You mentioned earlier the teen advocates. Expound on that a little bit. Talk to me about that. Sure. So our teen advocates come from our um, teen and community centers through neighborhood and community services. And um, they are a group uh, that have identified this is something I'm interested in and I want to help raise awareness about teen dating violence, consent, stalking. And so they help us plan these programs because, hmm. you know, we can be adults in a room planning these all day, right. but that doesn't mean the teens are going to like it. So it's or, great to or be go able, to it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it's great to engage them and um, not only, you know, see their own leadership skills grow and develop, but, you know, their event planning skills and help us raise awareness because it's not going to be effective if we're not, you know, if their voices aren't in that room. Right. So I, I know you mentioned you just recently started, but past like awareness activities, events, those type of things. Can you give me an example of one or two? Sure. Um, so like I mentioned before, there's the teen art contest that 
um, has been annual um, that was adapted to be virtual last year. Hmm. Um, and then also, um, you know, up, we have a team panel coming up, a virtual panel on March 25th, where um, teens will um, talk about what they wish they knew about consent. And hmm. so, um, you know, we have those panels and roundtables where they can get together and talk with each other about these issues. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, I don't know if the right word is heady. Uh, you know, it's, it's a very um, tough topic to kind of get your hands around. Um, what are you finding when you're speaking with the teens, speaking with the parents, that type of thing about how they kind of react to the topic, if you will, teen dating violence and stalking? Yeah. And so I think it can be difficult because n- number one, we don't want to think about you know, our teens is experiencing these issues. We don't want right. them to to think of them as a vulnerable population to experiencing right. violence. And then also, you know, t- on the teen side, they might see me come in and be like, okay, this is just another one of those, like, don't do this, don't right, do that. Right. But we really try to steer away from that and make it more educational on here, what these behaviors look like and, you know, finding your own voice in your own relationship and in, um, Your friends' relationships is really the most important thing to know, you know, what do I want in a relationship? So not just what don't I want, what is dangerous, but Mm -hmm. what are my deal breakers? What's important to me? What are my values? And really focusing on that and building their own, you know, self-esteem and awareness about what they want. Put you on the spot here. (laughs) How do you do that? So, um, you know, we, um, our hype program is one of the ways we engage, but, um, you know, it's talking about, okay, we've you know, talked about what the unhealthy behaviors are. We've talked about what the healthy behaviors are. But um, one of those activities is there's a um, dating bingo where they circle mm. um, their five most important, um, you know, things Quality that they want in a relationship. Trait, 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 yeah. Right. And then they go around and try and find someone else in the room who matches their um, behaviors as well. And so getting them to really think about what are my deal breakers and then also knowing some other people have different deal breakers. And that's not good or bad. That's right. just important to know um, as we figure out how to build a relationship. Right. Maybe eye-opening for everyone as they kind of see different things. Uh, kind of winding down on time here, anything uh, you want to add about teen dating uh, violence, teen dating awareness uh, before we kind of wrap up? Sure. So I will say if a teen approaches you and says, you know, I've been experiencing somebody messaging me on social media who I'm afraid of, or my partner is um, constantly calling or texting me and I don't know what to do, um, take that them seriously because they might not have told anybody about that before. So if they're mm-hmm. telling you, um, you know, believe them, say, how can I help you? Um, and make sure you're taking it seriously so that they know that, okay, you know, I was right to tell a trusted adult about this. All right. And before I let you go, could you repeat the telephone number for the for the hotline? Absolutely. Um, the Fairfax County 24-Hour Domestic and Sexual Violence Hotline is 703-360-7273. And I just will add a little caveat here that if you really feel like you are in a life-threatening situation, don't call that hotline. Just call 911. That Absolutely. Way, that way resources can, can be directed to you. Deborah Miller, thank you so much for kind of explaining uh, teen dating violence and uh, stalking awareness, uh, that, those subjects that we kind of melded together here for the conversation. <laughs> so thanks thanks for being with us and doing that. Of course. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. 
Deborah Miller, again, the Youth Education and Outreach Specialist with Family Services Sexual Violence Services. Thanks to her again for being here, and thanks to you for listening. If you want to get more Fairfax County news, you can visit fairfaxcounty.gov news or call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329. And that's weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Thanks for joining us again on the County Conversation, which is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia Government. Thank you.